Welcome to the Habit Podcast, conversations with writers about writing. I'm Jonathan Rogers, your host. Close your eyes. Picture a writer at work. What did you just picture? I bet you pictured somebody alone in a room, hunched over a notebook or a laptop, maybe chewing on a pencil, maybe pulling your hair out, perhaps nursing one neurosis or another. That's not what the writing process looks like for a Music Row songwriter. Those folks show up at the office with their lunch bags, they go into a room with two or three people, they throw around ideas, play guitars, maybe argue a little bit, and when they leave the room a few hours later, there's a new song in the world. Sometimes they do it again in the afternoon. I thought it would be fun to hear from one of those writers, so I called up my friend Joseph Patton, a staff writer at Sony on Nashville's Music Row. In a business where unabashed commercialism is the order of the day, Joseph is one of those writers who's figuring out how to do the work with love and integrity. Joseph Patton, thank you so much for being on the Habit Podcast today. It's good to be here. Yeah, and so Joseph is a um, is a songwriter in Nashville. Um, which company are you... Mixed up with? Yeah, mixed up with is a good way to put it. I'm at Sony ATV, so uh-huh. a big, a big giant behemoth of a company. Yeah. So, uh, Joseph, a few weeks ago, I had Christopher Williams on um, the podcast talking about, you know, I, I think you probably know Christopher. He's a singer-songwriter. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so we got on the subject of the way, you know, of his, of his, pro- I mean, this podcast is all about people's process, so obviously we're talking about his process. Um, but Christopher, like some of the other songwriters, most of the other songwriters I know, is a guy who mostly writes for a record. Like, he's got a record coming up, so he writes the songs, you know, mostly by himself, sometimes co-writing, but, but you know, a lot of, kind of goes into a room and, and writes, you know, by himself, and, and then comes out, doesn't doesn't throw away a lot of songs because he's not writing every day. He's just kind of writing right. for for a project, and um, and we we got on the subject of you know the the sort of the ten and two writer. You know the the guy who has a, a, a writing session at ten and a writing session at two and is just cranking stuff out all the time, um, and is also um, writing way more songs than than ever get recorded. And uh, it would right. be interesting to have. Somebody on the podcast who who that's the way he does it because it's a it's a very different process from what Christopher does or you know what what a lot of singer songwriters do. Um, so the first ten and two guy that came, that came to my mind was Joseph Patton. <laughs> is that a real phrase? Is is ten and two guy a real phrase? No, you know I I, I actually have never heard that, but I know I knew exactly what you meant when you said it, but yeah. I've never heard that before. Um, yeah, because it really is. It's, it's more of a, um, uh, you know, but some people call them lunchbox writers. That's might might be more closer to what you're hearing, just because people who you know pack up their they pack up their food for the day and they go in, much like a a construction worker or something else. They yeah. just go in and put in their time and then come back out, which is very unromantic and um, yeah. you know. Um, but that's yeah, that's basically what I'm doing every day. And um, one to two sessions a day, um, doubles are can be pretty draining if you do a lot of those, but I, uh, yeah, I write a song basically, I'd say the average is about seven to seven or eight songs a week. Wow. Is where I'm, is where I'm 
currently average right now. And some people um, hate that and think it's the worst idea ever. You talk to different people and they have different opinions on it. But yeah, currently where I am in my career, I basically get together with someone um, once a day and then a couple of days a week, it'll be twice a day. So, yeah, just tell I mean, can you just tell me what a day in in a music row songwriter's life looks like? I can tell you, well, you know, everyone has different ones, but, um, oh, okay. you know, <laughs> but mine, uh, most everybody, you're going to laugh at this, but most everybody on the, on the row in that world, they start around 10.30 or 11 a.m., so, <laughs> which, uh, which is hilarious, uh, and, you know, I can hear everyone listening to this thing, well, that must be nice, uh, but, uh, you know, I've got, you know, I've got two kids, and so, I usually am up way before that. And, and my day, um, I can only speak for myself, but my day usually starts with, I, I write and read before I go into those sessions just to get my brain kind of primed and ready. Uh-huh. Um, and then, um, a typical song session goes, you know, four, four to five hours. Oh, and okay. on, on long day, yeah, on long days, I'm going, you know, 11 to 11 to three, 11 to four, and then turn around, doing it again, doing it again, writing till you know seven or eight. And, and so uh, it, that's, um, that's not a long day, but a lot of days I finish at four or four thirty. And at the end of that session, are you expecting to have a song? Uh, that is the that is the hope, and that is and that is what happens probably eighty to ninety percent of the time. Wow. Yeah. How many people are in the room? Uh, typically three. It's two or three. I've you know a few times only four, but usually have uh music row likes to operate it kind of changes over the years but the current trend is you they like to have an artist in the room uh a, a track person to basically a person who makes makes the sounds and the beats make it sound like a a finished product and then a a lyricist type person in the room or an idea type person in the room and the hope with with that is the three of them combined can make a you know, can make a song with, with, you know, with your powers combined, you can make these three things happen. Uh Um, But a lot of times my, you know, the hope a lot of times is you get people in the room to kick around the ideas. And um, when they kick around those ideas, a lot of times they're just hoping that something sparks. The idea with an artist in the room, though, is that's one step closer that the publisher doesn't have to have to make because if the artist loves what's being made in the room, then, he doesn't have to be pitched the song because he wrote it. And uh, that yeah, way he's yeah. more likely to cut, he or she's more likely to, to record that song. Uh-huh. So that's, that's, so that's more of a commercial concern than a creative concern. Correct. Uh-huh. Most of the time, yes. That's the commercial concern. Yeah. And I'm, I will. Uh-huh. And I guess it probably varies um, how much the artist is contributing to the... To the uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it is a, it, that is a mixed bag. You know, every day is... is the thing that is is great and also uh, difficult about it is that you you really don't know what's going to happen every single day, um, and uh, especially in the first year of my deal, it was, you know, let's throw these people in a room and see what happens and see if they can figure something out, and then you kind of slowly start building up your your camp and your and your repertoire and your okay people yeah, that you do work together well, you, people you work well with together people you don't work well with together and start uh-huh. building up the relational part of it yeah and that was something i was going to ask you so so yeah. you often get put in the room with somebody you don't really know yes 
Um, but you're saying that, that, yeah, happens, very often. that happens less and less as you go on, or, or you're still... Yeah, I mean, it does once, you know, because what the hope is, is that you, as they... As there, it's like it honestly is kind of like a blind date, and uh-huh. um, and the and the funny thing about 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 dating is on paper these two people should be able to write a great song because they more thoughts or approaches to a song, and so you can put those two people in a room, and much like a date, they seem like they would work well together on paper, and they get together, and it's just awful. Uh-huh. And the same way, you could put two people in the room that have nothing in common, but for whatever reason, they work really well together. They just bounce well off each other. So. It is a little bit of a crapshoot sometimes, but yeah. the but the hope is, yeah, as you get further and further along, people, uh, at, at least in the Nashville world, like to say that it's you're building up your own camp, you're building up your own tribe, and uh, it's kind of like classes. So you come up with your class, and the freshman class comes up together, and they eventually become juniors and seniors. And yeah, they may write with freshmen and sophomore, but they've kind of established their crew, and it becomes a little bit. Um, I don't want to say quick sounds a little negative, but it, is, it becomes a little bit clicky. Uh huh. Um, but you're coming up with your with your class on the row, and that's how you you know you build the. It's in, in it, and at the end of the day, which, which what I do like about it is that it's, it is a relational. Um, it's very relational. The the setup of it, it's it's a long term um, investment and in, in the relationship, and so uh-huh. you want to you want to get songs that are good with people that you that you care about and that you like, and uh, it's not just necessarily get with the most talented people because that doesn't always yield the greatest results. Yeah, and, so- and uh, it, it, it's interesting too because but you know a lot of times I'll just say this as an aside, like the hope, especially for younger uh, aspiring writers is you kind of think, I think this is kind of goes across any creative platform, but you, you, you kind of have this hope that if I, if I could just get in a room with, you know, whoever the great songwriter of the day is, or if I could just, you know, sit with the great author of the day or whatever, that that'll somehow I'll be able to glean or some of their greatness will rub off on me. And that's, uh, I mean, I've been in rooms with a lot of people that I've idolized for a long time, and uh-huh. uh, that's just simply not the case. I mean, <laughs> it might be great, but uh-huh. it more more likely than not, that's not going to be. That's not how you're going to get better necessarily. Why not? Um. Well, you have plenty to learn from that person, absolutely. But um, you get better by figuring out what it is that you do well, uh-huh. and figuring out how you can help make that. Um, how you can make a song better. Cause at the end of the day, you're trying to figure out how to make the best song you know how to make. And, um, if you're going at it from, let me figure out how I can get the most hits possible. It becomes, you start chasing your tail a little bit. So, okay. So if, if you, if, <laughs> can you tell me what more about what you mean about that, about the idea of, of chasing, chasing hits? Um, how is that counterproductive? Because yeah, I mean, it's yeah, your yeah, job, isn't it? The right hits. Yeah, it, it, no, it absolutely, absolutely is. Um, yeah, and become it, this. This is it's it's very interesting, and 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 um, uh, what I, what I, what I'll say is that ch- chasing a hit. Um, how do I say this? 
houses or something like that. You know, it, 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 one of the things that we're constantly doing, you're, you are trying to figure out how do I write the next thing that's going to connect. But everybody has a different idea of what that is. And a lot of times you'll hear people say, nobody exactly knows what they like. They just like what they like. Right. And it's hard to predict that. Yeah. Um, well, one thing, I'll just say this too. If you're chasing something that's on the radio right now, um, the the lag time between when a song is recorded and when it's put out, you know, yeah. if you write a song today that sounds like something that should be on the radio right now, um, then most likely, you know, it's not going to be on the radio because that's two years from now that it goes on the radio. And by then, it's moved on to the next sound and the next thing. And so what you're trying to do is you're trying to write the song that's that's ahead of what's happening right now. Yeah. And if you're chasing right now, you'll always be two years behind. It takes two um, years for a song to to make it to the radio? I mean, it, it just depends on it depends on who, who cuts it and who, who records it and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, huh. absolutely there. Unless you've got a unless unless you're writing with unless I write a song with Tim McGraw today and he says I'm gonna record this and put it out next month and then even then it might still take a while before it becomes a household song. You know, it's uh-huh. a very, very slow turnaround the majority of the time. Yeah. Um and so you're actually so chasing becomes the kind of thing that is problematic because you're just always going to be behind. Yeah, um, you're always going to be um, trying to make something sound like that. You, what we're trying to do actually, and, and something I think is great about this is instead of chasing, trying to figure out okay, what what needs to happen next? Like, what's what what does this market that I'm writing for need to hear next? Mm-hmm. What, what's not happening right now? What what holes are not being filled, and and uh, it's tricky because in the in the vein that I'm sort of or the uh, what do I say? That's not the the alley, but the, um, kind of the avenue that I'm cutting out for myself or trying to cut out for myself is as a writer is there's um, one person told me once that there's two kinds of writers. There's two kinds of songwriters. There's those who write songs to help you forget, and those to help help you f- remember. <laughs> wow, um, which which I love. Yeah, and uh, and I tend to write songs that are more geared towards trying to help you remember something than trying to get you to forget something. Um, and t- songs that help you forget are are much more popular on the radio. Uh-huh. That's are much that they're, they're going to get more. They're going to fill up the the stadiums, and they're going to, um, you know, they're going to sell more tickets, and they're going to sell more beer. Yeah. Um, because if you listen to the radio right now, that's that's the um, those are going to be the songs. You know, because at the end of the day, you're you're trying to get songs that help people, at least in the country market, help people forget about the stress of their of their job or the stress of their life or whatever, and yeah. go enjoy being entertained for a few hours. Uh huh. So, um, so yeah, that, that, that's a, that's a whole other conversation. But all I have to say, those those songs um, that help you remember are few and far between. But they also, uh, I think, are you know they, they they last longer and they they always have a harder journey. You know, some of my favorite country songs over the past fifteen twenty years are songs that make you look at the world a little differently. But they also you know, they they're not going to make you raise your drink in the air, <laughs> uh, but they but but they are gonna you know they are gonna you know maybe make you call your mom or something like that. Yeah, I don't right. know. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, 
I, I, I love that distinction between songs to make you forget and songs to help you remember. Yeah, me too. It just changed. I love that too. And it, it seems to me that you know, music row, you know, or commercial. Let's just say commercial music. Yeah, uh, has sure. a, has the reputation of being a formulaic, b manipulative. Um, yes. A, C viewing the audience as, let's just say a fishing ground to be <laughs> harvested rather right. than loving loving right. the the audience and it sounds like you're talking about a way unfortunately it's not going to you know yield a uh, hit after hit after hit but you're talking about a way of loving your audience perhaps oh yeah absolutely well in in, in uh it's uh and, you know my my co-writers would 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 say you know, would echo, would echo this. <laughs> they would say, you know, uh, they, there have been plenty of rights that you can go in where, uh, where the, the goal is let's pull the, let's pull the wool over people's eyes. Yeah. And no, no one would say it quite like that, but yeah, let's, Hey, people that are listening to this are, are not as smart as we are. So uh-huh. let's, let's, let's write it that way. And, and first of all, it's 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 not true. But mm-hmm. second of all, um, nobody like you can smell in any form of writing or whatever else. You can smell that from a mile away. I mean, yeah. the second that someone's pandering, um, I, and again, I, that's that's my own opinion on it. There, there's definitely people who say you can you can. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't think that someone likes a song that maybe you think is stupid or that I think is stupid. I don't think they like it because they think that its um, artistic integrity is incredible. They like it because it reminds them of being on the lake, or because they yeah. like it because it reminds them of of you know working on doing something with their dad when they were nine. You know, there's there's yeah. certain things about it that a lot of times the uh, when we're the musicians who are too precious are kind of. Musicians can be a little bit too precious about it, but I'll, I'll say this though: that um, when you're trying to love a listener, love a listener means how do you give someone um, how do you give someone what they what they are used to, but also give them um, a, a challenge as well. And that's a very difficult line to you know. That's a very difficult um, balance to strike. Yeah, but I don't, you know. I'd also say if you're writing a song, I would say it for the sonnet too, or anything else. Like, you know, uh-huh. you can write a million different sonnets, and there's that certain formula that you have to operate within those bounds. But those bounds create something amazing when someone actually pulls it off in a way that is like a magic trick. Yeah, and uh, and I would say that with the country thing, there's there's something, uh, and I write, you know, some. I'd say probably seventy percent of my rights are in the country world, and then the other thirty percent are in the pop and singer songwriter world. Okay. And across all three of those, there are basic um, some some forms of basic, you know, basic structure that that you're operating within. Um, okay, yeah. Can I interrupt you, know, you for a second yeah, and ask you a question? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So when you talk about the conventions and the expectations that you work within, and you compare a country yeah. song to a sonnet. Um, yes. In the sonnet, those those um, conventions tend to be formal conventions, right? The the number of lines, the the fact that you have a turn after line eight or after line twelve. Twelve, um, yeah, sure. And 
but the 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 sonnet doesn't necessarily limit you in terms of content. Like the con- there there's you know, there are some conventions, some content conventions. Seems to me in a, in the in a country song and and correct me if I'm wrong, you have both formal conventions. Um, you need to be a right link for radio, whatever. Um, but are there also are there content conventions that you have to oh, live within? I see. I see. Uh, so that's a great, yeah, that's great. Um, certainly operating on what you, you know, <laughs> what you hear, you know, uh, on the radio is, um, you know, I can reference, I don't know if I'm allowed to reference, so, you know, right now, number number one this week, I guess, or probably last week was, uh, or getting ready to be number one that song, uh, Long neck, ice cold beer never broke my heart. You okay. know, beer never broke my heart is the name of the song, right? That's all right. That that, that song has been written six ways to Sunday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, and content wise, it's it's the exact same thing as as you've heard a million times before. Um, but for whatever reason, I, I happen to really like that song. I think it's uh, I think it's really well done and does it in a little bit of a different way for whatever reason. Uh-huh. Um, but. You may hate that song. Um, I've never had the pleasure. Like, yeah, it's uh, you can look it up after this. Yeah, I will. It's just, it's just a giant, you know, stadium anthem song that might make you might make you cringe or might make you think, "Oh, okay, I get I get why this I get why this works." Uh-huh. But um, but that song, um, I'll say it this way: what I'm doing in a right every day. If I write that song, nobody believes it. Um, so there's something that I think about that song that the guy, you know, the guys that wrote that song, um, that actually is part of, you know, how they operate on a daily basis. Okay. And the one thing that seems to not work is if I, I I always tell people this in the room, that if I write a song about a fishing pole in the back of my uh, pickup truck, nobody's going to believe that people are going to see right through it. Um, you have to go back to what you know and write what you know. And then figure out what you know and how that, what the Venn diagram is of you and what you know overlapping with what this particular market needs to hear. Is there something that they're missing that you can bring to them? And, uh, and so to circle back to, um, subject matter, there really are, um, five or six subjects that any song is about. I mean, hmm. you, you, you know, you can, you can, talk about um the vehicle of getting there but songs have to have conflict and they have to have love or loss or heartbreak and they have to have some sort of um you know uh something that you does the, does the person get what they want or not in the song you know th- those kinds of things have to happen in every song um i think and there's things that get on the radio that don't have that but I think the songs that actually make it and 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 move the needle have those basic elements, just like any great story has those basic elements. I mean, I'm kind of throwing Joseph Campbell, the Joseph Campbell book, at at yeah. songwriting a little bit uh, too. You know, yeah. Um, I think that it has a lot of. Um, at the end of the day, the way that I experience heartache may not be the exact same way that someone else in, you know, Arkansas or Nebraska experiences that thing. But 
where, where, you know, how can you love thy listener? As you, mm-hmm. I've heard you say that before. Like, how can you love thy listener? Even if you haven't done the exact same thing as them, what have you, where's the overlap between what you are and what they are? Yeah. Yeah. The, the a question I always like to ask is what, what can you give the reader or in this case, the listener that they can't get for themselves? Right. Oh, great. That's a great question. Um, and, and, uh, surprisingly, um, one that is not asked very much, hmm. or, or maybe it's not surprising to you, but it's not asked very much. What, you know, people are always talking about being yourself, except for when it's, you know, you know, being yourself in the writing room, except for if you be yourself too much, then that's a little weird. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 you know, it's kind of being very comfortable with, uh, um, and there's a, I feel like I have a, a lot of different things to say about this, but you know, going into the right, knowing ahead of time that most of the time when I'm going into a right, if I go in and say, um, you know, every every time that I go right before I go into a right, if I if I think well, I either have to write a song today or I'm a nobody, uh. then the song is going to be terrible, and the people in the room are, are going to are going to are going to suffer for that. Yeah. But if I go into the room and I say, at the end of the day, songwriting is not who I am. You know, I am. I, I, <laughs> the fact that I belong to the Lord means that songwriting is not going to be my base for existence. Uh-huh. And for a lot of people I'm writing with, it is the base for existence. Mm-hmm. It's it's a vehicle to, to to give you your identity. And I know any writer can can sure, can identify with that, putting yeah. your identity in that. Yeah. But you know, um, you know, uh, and the trick that I heard a long time ago from the Presbyterian Pope Tim Keller, he said, uh, <laughs> what did he, how did he say? He said, uh, he, he, you know, there's the, there's a verse I can't remember where it is. He says the, the verse is, "He who by Christ's righteousness, he who by Christ is made righteous shall live." And he would always do the negative of that when he was struggling with idolatry so like yeah he who by preaching is righteous shall die wow and so for me it's walking into that room and saying he who by songwriting is made righteous shall die like that has to be my kind of mantra before i walk in or else i'm gonna or else i'm gonna die and the people around me are gonna suffer and 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 my job too is you know if you're interviewing a lot of um other writers and artists there's a lot of difficulty of like them having to figure out what it is they want to say and how they want to say it. And my struggle is more, and, and, and my gift, and not my gift, but the, the thing that's my joy, but is also difficult is most days I'm writing with an artist and they don't know what they want to say or how they want to say it. Yeah. So my job becomes way more of a service industry job. Hmm. How can I make you sound the way that you want to sound, look the way that you want to look and also push you to say something that's, uh, interesting or meaningful or, or can bring joy or something like that. You know, it's, it becomes a much, it's a pretty, uh, rich and, and rewarding thing if you can actually pull that off. I guess so. Get someone to say, you know, yeah, get someone to You have so that, many, you, you have know? so many layers of audience in your line of yes. work. You know, I've got, yes. I, I've kind of got readers and you've got, I mean, you know, you got to hit a couple of layers before you ever get to the, to the listeners. Before you get to the listener, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of darlings that you have to talk, you know, there's a lot of people that I have to talk to that have to go through before a song even gets to 
if I don't write a song for an artist, for example, it's got to go through dozens of years before it gets to the artist to even consider if they like the song. Yeah. Dozens of years or dozens of pairs of ears? Dozens of pairs of ears. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, one thing that, that that I've been thinking about as you've been talking is the extent to which people, you know, if, if you were writing to give people what they want, you've already got a problem because people don't know what they want. And oh, what, man, it's just so <laughs> true. And yeah. what people end up loving is when I didn't know I needed that, but I really needed that. I didn't know I wanted that, but but I really wanted that, and that's that's also the, the a big difference between chasing the hit and just trusting that if I just say something that's true, eventually this is going to find an audience. Oh, but we Man. still we still have, I mean the the main thing I wanted to talk about, which we're about to run out of time without talking about it, is um, <laughs> is the fact that you write. So you you said seven or eight songs a week. Is that what you said? Yeah, and some of those you have to circle back around because you didn't finish the first time. So uh-huh. some of those are song finishes and things like that. So let's put but, it you let's, know, let's put it down to four or five a week. Sure. You're not getting four or five songs a week on the radio, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's songwriting is literally the worst worst average in the in any profession <laughs> that I know of. It is absolutely if you are killing it in songwriting. Then you're, you know, if you were absolutely, let's just say that I, say I wrote 160 to 75 songs, 175 songs probably last year in 2018. Okay. okay. Uh, probably 10 to 12 of those were seriously considered, maybe five or six of those. I'd say probably, I think I had five or six, let's see, seven, eight, I had eight cuts last year. Okay. Uh, granted, I'm 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 early I'm early on in my in my thing, but I would say to someone who is killing it, someone who's got forty number ones and is just killing it, talking about a person who's written probably twenty five to three thousand songs and has had two hundred recorded, they are they're going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, you know that those odds are terrible. Yeah. You know, so if you're batting 300, you are you're no one bats 300. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, I don't know what the question is. I mean, how do you do it? I guess is the question. Oh, just mean put them all in the dustbin of history, or, or yeah. What? I mean, how do you how do you show up for work the next day to say I'm gonna do this again? Probably never gonna see the light of day, but I'm gonna uh, do it again. Man, great question. Uh, I, I could I could throw that. I could throw that right back, right back at you, honestly. But you know, my process is I've got to get ten thousand words to get to that are, are worth anything, and and that's my own process. Everybody doesn't operate like that, but doing it every day is the 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 short answer is because the writing is the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what happens after the song is born is completely. I mean, yeah. 98% out of your control. Yeah. Maybe maybe someone who's at the top of their game who knows every artist in town and every person in town that needs to know to get the song to them has 2% control. Uh-huh. But, but, but at the end of the day, what I have, con- not control, or what, what, is, what brings joy is the room. Yeah. Being in a room with people and figuring out and tripping, you know, stumbling through the dark and 
all of a sudden someone lifts up a rock and says, look, look what's under here. And, and all of a sudden there's a song and it's magic every time. Yeah. Even a bad song is magic. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like pizza. You just can't really have bad pizza. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, and not to say that I like, feel like that every day. There's certainly days where you're just, feel like you're just kicking the rock to the end of the lane that's kind of what you feel like you're doing but sometimes you know you, you show up and it's and it's magic and and that's and that's yeah. the thing that i like the most and i'm so much more relationally driven that writing a song on my own i've done plenty of that but there's something really really magical about stumbling onto something with someone else yeah yeah that's great um you know that doesn't happen when you're writing when you're writing a novel i don't think yeah, you know, in the movies. I've never written a novel though. <laughs> yeah, right. well, in, in the movies and TV, when they show a writer, they always show somebody sitting in a room by themselves. Sometimes they're looking out over the sea, which is always funny to me. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and, right. There's um, always anguish. There's, there's blowing up black balloons in the corner. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it surprises. It seems like the only the only writing that would be worth showing on television would be those writers' rooms like you're in. You know. That seems like that would be really interesting to watch in a way that watching somebody look out the window and chew on their pencil just isn't that interesting to watch. <laughs> but they do it. Like they, they are, I mean, sometimes you'll see a writer, like a comedy writer room on a, on a show, but, but I don't know why. The, uh, did you ever see the show Nashville? Do they show writers' rooms in that show? Uh, you know, I watched it a little bit, but I don't, I don't you know, it, it's all so sensationalized. Yeah. You know, those kinds of things. You know, there's no... Yeah, but you, you just you, only see yeah, you, you a few pieces up, of it, you know. Yeah, right. Early on in this conversation, you said something about it, it seeming unglamorous. You know, the, your your kind of work, but I don't know. That seems like the, some of the most glamorous. You know, I'm thinking about the conflict that, that probably takes place. I mean, is there conflict? Like when people have a conflicting oh, taste and oh, interest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, absolutely. There's always and 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 uh, and, and people were terrible at conflict. I have very rarely been in a room where. You know, you have, it, it's it is so delicate. Mm. The room is so delicate. It, it, you know, I was uh, without sounding just ridiculous. It, the, it's the closest thing I've ever been into, besides being with a counselor. Wow, that feels like feels like a counselor room. As far as not that you're getting the the advice or the guidance, but that there's that much that kind of intensity, potential for intensity, a potential for somebody. You know. So you have to be able to walk this line of, can this be a room where people are comfortable enough to say what they really think? Mm -hmm. And also, can this be a place where people want to um, and are willing to suck very badly? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Because you're going to say, like, nobody can be awesome all the time. And the writing room is a great place where you can, if you you think, if you watch the show Nashville, that you walk in and you, all of a sudden you just click your heels and you're... <laughs> And you've got this amazing thing. And it's like, no, it's really, really grueling. People say lots of really dumb stuff. And like, how many times have I said something and been like, well, that's just, <laughs> maybe you guys like, yeah, maybe you don't hate that idea as much as you hate me, but like, maybe you hate both of them. You know, it's just, it, it's just very, uh, it's just, yeah, it can be very delicate and very, um, you know, so how, how can I, as a songwriter who's not putting their name on, on the song to sing in front of an audience, how can I ensure that this person feels completely comfortable to be, to say what they want to say uh -huh. and also say something very stupid and it, and it not be met with 
well, I guess you're not as good as, as everyone says you are. You know, wow. how do you get someone to be very trusting and open about what they do and how they want to say things and, um, and yet still inspire, inspire someone to make something great? Um, wow. That's, I'm sorry we got to that point so late in this process because I want to hear more about it. But, <laughs> but I've got to wrap up with one last question. This is a question I, I try to finish up with, and that is, who are the writers who make you want to write? And that can be either songwriters or other kind of writers. Oh my gosh. Uh, writers that make me want to write. That's a great, that's a great question. Um, and, and, and uh, songwriter wise, I mean, there's definitely people that, that come to the top of the list. Um, you know, uh, Tom, Tom Douglas is, yeah. is a big one that people throw out all the time, but he's, yeah. he's, he's legit, man. Tom Douglas is really great. Uh, this guy in Tony Lane, who's also, uh, they're both at Sony, actually. They're both uh-huh. songwriters that I see walking the hallways that I'm, you know, I, I've looked up to them for a long time. Um, uh, I would say people that make me want to write. Uh, I think Jason Isbell is another like, artist guy oh, that I yeah, really like. Man. He does, you know, he's pretty great. Yeah. Um, uh, and then like books, you know, I've just, that's, that's the way that I have to, that's the way I write songs. That I have to devour, I have to devour books in order uh-huh. to write songs. Uh-huh. Um, so I would put, yeah, whatever I'm currently reading right now is probably things that made me want to write. Um, uh-huh. but, um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> All right, yeah. man. Well, yeah. Joseph, thank you so much. I love hearing you talk about writing and songwriting, and, and uh, it's been great. Let's do it again sometime. Thanks for talking with me. It was a good time. Yep. See you later. The Rabbit Room has partnered with Lipscomb University to make this podcast possible. Lipscomb has graciously given us access to their recording studio and the Center for Entertainment and Arts building. We're so grateful for their sponsorship, their encouragement, and the good work they do in Nashville. Special shout-out as well to the Arcadian Wild for allowing us to use their delightful song, Finch in the Pantry, as part of this podcast. Check out their album of the same name for more excellent music. The Habit Membership is a library of resources for writers by me, Jonathan Rogers. More importantly, The Habit is a hub of community where like-minded writers gather to discuss their work and give each other a little more courage. Find out more at thehabit.co. This podcast was produced by The Rabbit Room, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to fostering Christ-centered community and spiritual formation through music, story, and art. All our podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our members. To learn more about us, visit rabbitroom.com. And to become a member, rabbitroom.com slash donate.